The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant. Thought leaders, storytellers and griots. And uh, our first one is a story that was in News 24, focusing on the concept of public art and art in public spaces and what the politics of that are as we move forward. On the line, we have arts journalist and researcher Atia Khan. Atia, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. Thank you. It's a great story and it's an interesting one because what it does do is it raises the the difference between art in a gallery and art in a public space. Talk to us very broadly about how you've looked at that. Okay, I think so. The the, the first point was really to to look at, um, you know, the fact that as uh, just the public, as as people who were like living cities, we pass these works all the time. You know, as somebody who lives in Cape Town, I pass a lot of these works in, in, in you know all over the city, and you don't really have a sense of how these works come about. You mm. know, like what is the process? behind these things that you see every day around you in your urban landscape um, coming about. So the, pro- the, 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 the motivation for the piece was really about the process behind how these things happen and really ultimately related to the issue of, of land and space. You know, so when it comes to gallery situations, you have a really good sense of what's happening inside and the artist's motivation and how those things happen. It's a, very, it's a really high profile. But when it comes to things outside, especially things like street art and graffiti, which was kind of more what I was, like, really interested in. But, um, you know, there's, there's also these big murals you see all over um, over the last decade or so. What, yeah. Like, how, how does this happen? So, so, so ultimately, that kind of, like, led into the, the processes of gatekeeping and... Yeah. Um, yeah. And, 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 and who gets to put what where, really. So yeah. before we even go into that, because that's, the, you know, the term gatekeeping is exactly the question that has to be asked. Before we go into that, though, I suppose one of the questions that I'd like to get a clear answer on is there's always a division between the idea of art in public spaces and public art. And I wondered what the differentiation was for you. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a tricky one for me because I actually wanted to. <laughs> I was like, "What do I call this?" Because for me, it was actually art in public spaces because it mm. wasn't. Um, you know, public art has gotten this uh, sort of connotation over the last few years, and it's where it's been institutionalized, also in academic circles, where it becomes about conceptual sculptures and like you know like installations outside and stuff like that. So people would normally not really refer to things like street art and, well, oh, different okay. types of graffiti as public art. But but anyways, I think that's kind of what's maybe confusing about the headline is people might think that it's about these kinds of things, like all kinds of sculpture and installation and, you know, officially commissioned things, whereas it's actually just like everything you see outside, you know, anything you see outside, really. Um, and, and how those things work. So for me, it was uh, interesting that did come up even with myself when I was writing it and researching it. But eventually it was just for the sake of things that are outside, let's just say public art, you know, just to just to make it simple, you know. So Atiyah, this is important on a whole load of levels, and we'll get to why that is. But if you pull back a bit, one of the things that I often think about is this idea, for example, of billboards. And you see billboards advertising certain things. And Mm. because it's in a public space, 
you have no choice. So this is about what is my choice as a citizen in society with regards to the imaging that I'm seeing and how we resolve that, I suppose. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot in the, in the article that kind of alludes to this idea of, of billboarding mm-hmm. and also yeah. um, what, what, what you have a choice of seeing and what you don't. You know, a, a lot of... There's also a lot of unwritten work happening in the story, even though it's close to 4,000 words. It's, um, there's a lot of stuff that kind of is uh, implied but not said. So I think the thing is, one of the things is about um, how communities react to things just being put up without really wanting those things. Like, that's really a whole discussion that needs to be had. Um, because if, if, if you're just getting artists from all over the world to come in and the things that have been put up doesn't really connect with the community that's there, but they're forced to live with these pieces all the time, yeah. you know, they create that, that kind of ultimately always leads to things like defacing and um, a lack of respect for the piece, as opposed to people being like, wow, we're so proud to have this in our area or something yeah. like that. You know. Absolutely. Atia, you raised the question of gatekeeping, and this is a great uh, <laughs> issue. And you've, you've certainly raised it around if I go into a space and suddenly someone has painted something on the wall that I may not like or dislike. How does one shift and change that? And how does one shift and change the process of from the time an idea is in an artist's head or the idea is in someone's head and it mm. ends up on a wall? Yeah, um you know, so I think that uh, one of the main points of the piece was to talk about the fact that the art, there are really very few artist-led processes. Mm. That the, that this becomes really like a business of art. What, like what what you actually end up seeing outside becomes like a business thing with people who are well connected, as well as people who know how to fill out a lot of bureaucracy and forms and stuff. Mm. You know, it 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 takes away from the soul and the artist-led process. So one of so what was really nice was to be able to hear from artists themselves that what is actually needed. Um, even with things like tendering and stuff, is to have a more artist-led process, number one. And another thing is, when you're going into communities, because another thing the story talks about is how art or graffiti or street art is used to gentrify communities. And by gentrify, we mean upgrade, inverted commas, dilapidated communities or whatever, you know, to, to raise the whole economic value of that area. But unfortunately... There is this colonization process where it's like outsiders coming in and doing yeah. something and then leaving. Yeah. So I think um, there are companies, I mean, there are people who consult first artists within the area. You know, they also do um, this kind of consultations with the public where they see like what the area would like, what would they like to see represented. I know this is becoming more and more common practice where some companies will be like, what, will consult a few uh, people from the area and be like, what would you like to see? You know, what, what do you want to see represented? And, and those kinds of like consultation processes, but also I think really, you know, like really looking at the local art community and having that represented as opposed to getting like, you know, paying somebody a lot of money to come from another part of the world or another part of the country or whatever. Yeah. I think it's, um, like, like it should be local first because we're talking yes. about land, right? So yeah. at the end of the day, we're talking about disenfranchisement and we're talking about how land has been taken and all of these things. So it does relate to a bigger issue. And that's 
that's why it's not just like something you see outside. So it's actually Atia, quite so the issue, of course, about an artist-led process, and I agree with you. I do think it should be an artist-led process. My concern, though, is that the organization of the artist-led process is often severely lacking. Mm. And mm. how does one shift that? So if we were going to say, okay, objectively, this is the way we want to move this forward. We believe that in this particular community, if it's my community and I'm an artist, then I would like to be the one that paints on the wall, but with the support of my entire community. How do we make that work and support that in terms of process and organization? Well, I think that, um, you know, in, in particular, the... <laughs> Like, like part of the, the the fact is, if you just look at Cape Town and the like hectic laws yeah. that exist against yeah, artists graffiti. painting outside, yeah. you know. So we look at the bylaws, we look at all these things, we look at the like the lengthy permit process, right? So, so one of the things is it makes it very difficult to access the levels of which an artist can even lead the process. Yeah. So to make the process a little bit more accessible, but also there's nothing wrong with companies who want to be, who want to sort of be the middleman kind of, you know, you know, if there's like sort of things like arts management and stuff kind of, um, you know, where they could, they could help do like organizing of scaffolding, organizing of paint, but the processes need to be transparent and the ideas and the con- concepts need to be with the artists on board, in mind, you know, there yeah. needs to be a consultation process. They need to be, I'm not saying that it's up to the artists to only do it themselves, but one of the things I didn't get to speak about because of space in the piece <laughs> was that yeah. there's more artist um, kind of initiatives growing now around like little collectives where there's a little bit more support, where they're with kind of like, uh, you know, uh, one person is in video, one person is actually making the art, one person knows about project management, and you're getting collectives like that together. Yes, yeah. And, and, and kind of, and, and, and I did speak to artists, it's not really in peace because there wasn't space, but I did speak to artists who themselves have gone through the lengthy process of becoming, yes, becoming yes, a vendor and applying for tenders and all of that, but they just said it was insanely exhausting at the end of the day to worry about everyone else and not being able to actually create the work, you know? I, I, you know, you, this thing about the red tape and the, the, those kinds of challenges, I hear you loud and clear. For, and for anybody who's mm. either an individual consultant or wants to be one or who is a very small enterprise, the red tape and the process to try and get something like that to happen is absolutely untenable and really has to be made far, far easier. You know, what I loved about the article also was the way you addressed it, not just in Cape Town, but you looked at at the Joburg uh, challenges, you focused on various different spaces in the country and how we can really start to relook at art uh, in public spaces, but art that belongs to people of uh, the space that it is in as well. So the choice is made a lot clearer as as we move forward. Yes. yes. Okay, uh, so if you had a choice right now, which artwork in the country do you believe does talk to the answer that you're talking about? Uh, <laughs> which Which artwork... Yeah, answers the, the the right process and makes you think, okay, that really works for me. Mm. Okay. <laughs> good, good, good question. Uh, very good question, actually, because it's, 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 uh, it's kind of, you know, 
Okay, since since it's super early and it's and it's and it's uh, you know I just like the idea of picking one right now is is um, quite intense. Yeah. Um, I, I will ask. I will answer very like uh, broadly. Briefly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is really um, the 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 times that I I love the way that street art public art or whatever we want to call this word, yeah. whatever we want to call it. The time when it works the best is when it's actually um, kind of a community coming together to to, to work on something. Yeah. So there, oftentimes there'll be what they call park jams, yes, yeah. where it's uh, where, like in Mittal's Plain, it happens quite a bit, but ma- many other areas around Cape Town where there's like a, just a day the whole area is there. Everyone is out. There's kids. There's all kinds of people. And there's like 15 artists painting on a wall. Yeah. And they're like doing, they just, it's kind of improv, right? So it's improvisation. It's not like anything is pre-planned. It's just really like free-form expression, mm. which is why I value the, the, the art of graffiti or even street art or whatever yeah. so much is because it's just really a lot of self-expression that that shows the personality of the people that are there. So there's a distinct characterization. So like for instance, Brazil has its own style, you yeah. know? And Cape Town had a very particular identity, which was really just removed, you know? Mm. That that it was cleaned up to the point where you couldn't like, like people just scared now, you know? But, but the thing of self-expression, that's not vandalism, like just the thing of adding a flavor, you see it globally, the stuff exists everywhere even in like the most bureaucratic places, you know, people still expressing themselves and they've been doing it for centuries since the beginning mm, of time, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually thinking of early days, Faith 47, when she was doing some stuff, certainly up in Joburg. For sure, which for was sure. Just, I mean, they were part of, they, yeah. they, you know, Faith 47, Falco, Mac One, they're really, really yeah. important figures in like inspiring a whole generation of people. And then to have it all curbed. So I think the... The the piece is also meant to be inspiring for anyone who's more like up and coming to be like, yeah, I'm trying to make transparent the processes that you will have to go through, the the, the kind of loops that you'll have to jump through, um, um, just, just to be able to to access this world. You know, yeah. like this is uh, this is how it works. Like a lot of people I interviewed said that they don't get asked about this stuff a lot. You know, yeah. So. So I think there's not a lot of art writers also interrogating the process um, and, and finding out how far they can go, like how much information they can actually access that is there, available to access, but you just need to ask. Mm, absolutely. Atia Khan, arts journalist and researcher, fascinating article, Public Art in South Africa and the Politics of Space. Just go on to news24.com into their culture section and read it. It's a fantastic opinion piece and really starts to look at the challenges of public art. And when you put art in public spaces, what does that mean? Who gets a right to express themselves, who gets the right to choose what they see. And then it expands much, much further in terms of billboards and advertising. Do I want to drive past that particular billboard every single morning on my way to work? Not necessarily. And who has that choice?